0: Danny. Hello. Leanne. Hello. How do you two know each other? I think originally it was PAQ. Yeah, yeah. You were a judge on our Women's Wear V2 episode. That was actually the third to last ever PAQ episode.
1: I thought it was like the final. I thought it was like the big finale.
0: It <laughs>
2: might have been one of the last ones that we recorded. I think... Yours is seminal for a particular reason It was the first one where everyone won Where you sat on the fence and didn't make a a decision
1: No, 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 no I I thought, thought obviously it was such a big topic It was talking about like the gender politics effectively It was something that's very close to like what I care about And it was just so amazing to see all of you put so much into it And obviously fashion, there's so many different like aesthetic like viewpoints And all of them were just all about you And like having like a new depth of creative freedom I was like, I cannot decide yeah. yeah.
0: People were even commenting saying this is probably the best episode for the reveal fits. Yeah. So we were saying like, yeah, it could have been one of the best ever outfits that you've had on PAQ for all four boys, Like where it's the strongest lineup. So. So end on a high, yeah? End on a high. It was a, it was a moment for me as well.
2: So the reason we invited you on to PAQ is at that stage, you had your own company called yeah. Communiste. Yeah. What was Communiste?
1: So Communis was all about interoperability, the IRL and URL working in unison, which is something we've carried on into IODF. Because at that point, I was kind of a mad person talking about this kind of digital future, and it was so ridiculed. Liam Hodges used to go IRL URL <laughs> when I came to a room, and there was rumours of me being a fembot, etc. And it's like, what is she talking about? Is, what is this? What is this? The, well, is other the world, Leanne? A video game? I was like, yes, it is that, but it's also digital fashion. They'd be like, but. Well, no, what do you mean? Anyway, loon. Um, yeah. Who's laughing now?
0: <laughs> well, like, How did it kind of come about? Like, Were you into like, the virtual world growing up? Was it Sims? Was it kind of like video games? Or what kind of inspired you to look forward?
1: So my parents are very different and fashion and I suppose how one was viewed was always something in question. My dad's like a gypsy tattooist uh, from a gypsy background, tattooist, Sick. yeah. Born in East London, you know, he's a proper barrow boy, covered in tats, <laughs> loads of gold, loads of jewels, like a real like sweetheart, yeah. yeah. But the softest centre and my mum worked in law and wore big, ridiculous outfits. The two of them were an awkward pair really and everyone would kind of judge them in different ways. So I knew that like fashion, and again, that like vocabulary with fashion could mean so many different things and we had a fancy dress shop and a tattoo shop together so like playing up was always something i suppose when i really started to think about like future and the importance of technology it was not like when i was younger i mean i definitely played video games but we were in a household where, where technology was actually not allowed much so perhaps oh, wow. that was why i was like so you know into this idea of other worlds is because perhaps it was a place of escapism with me or something like in the fantasy arena because i didn't have a tv but then i graduated like moved to to London had a job at the Georgian Dragon. I don't know if you any know the historical reference of that. It's basically uh, prior to the Queen Adelaide. It's the sa- it's the same owners, so Liliana and Richard Ear. Ah, yeah. Right. So I got a job there, and you know, Princess Julia, Alexander McQueen. Uh, it was like where everyone was. I was studying fine art, and actually, I realised that art and culture just you know spun around one another. And I was kind of thrown into the fashion industry and the fashion world and that whole space. And then I was doing these like performance pieces. Yeah. So we'd do like life drawing in pubs. You know, I was doing an art, a fine art MA. That's the kind of stuff you do, right? How do you earn cash? What does it mean to be an artist? Naked people, no clothes, people will come, drink pints, whatever. Working at the Georgia Dragon, doing these like experiential events. And then I got like talent spotted by Nike to run Room 72, which is an experiential outlet. I say it now and it was a big coveted thing. So it yeah. was one of the first experiential marketing influencer spaces. Is yes. Room 72
0: where I did the tracksuit? Yes. Yeah. Oh my God. So that's like the VIP kind of... Yeah. Yeah, top tier. Yeah, well, it's, You weren't
2: supposed to, to talk about it. Yeah, but it's, yeah. It's yeah. It it's like, not even, there's no branding it's, on the door. Take it's it not to nothing. the grave, yeah. So yeah.
1: when I was there, it was Heron Preston in New York, so we used to fly over, work with Heron, obviously Virgil. A-Side was here, so that's called, you know, Art Dad. Charmaine Reed was also there. So it was like this amazing hub where we were considering technology, but also with some of the most innovative people of our time. So that and Nike being a brand that's always forward thinking, it just meant that it fast forwarded, for me, the idea of what... Fashion could be with a future context. Like, what does it mean to have a jersey and you have an iPhone? Well, we were like, okay, well, everyone, when you're late at night and you're running, you probably need to have some high vis or glow on there. Yes, exactly, three M, and then also have somewhere to put your phone. So we were basically working like they do in the kitchen on fashion experiences for top tier talent like yourself. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) But we also had loads of footballers in as well. So for them, it's all about like how I could move faster and how I can do more and be the better version of myself so for fashion all of a sudden it became less about the clubs and the culture and the experience in that sense and that vocabulary of like boom box and like how do you push things as far as possible and look as awkward as possible and like all about the abject <laughs> To how can I run faster so it's that minute I think
2: the names you mentioned uh, like Sharmaday and yourself A-side they're not from a traditional fashion background but they're None from a creative us. background was yeah. that the point they were like looking at people outside of fashion who could then shake it up
1: yeah I think that was it they basically wanted to see like within communiste actually we had this thing which is working in stem so science technology engineering maths and art when you put those together you can have great coupled experiences because you're looking outside of the box or you're thinking outside the box because you've got the expert minds of all these different forums that are coming together but they're looking at things differently and i think that was it i think nail on the head they were just pulling people together to look at fashion through a different lens and definitely i mean that was like eight years between london new york paris building radical and quite off the fucking wall. Am I, <laughs> I don't know if I'm allowed you to. You can swear as much as you want. got to give. So what would
0: be like a highlight from that then? Was there anything like you worked on a project you were like, this is sick. This is what I'm most proud of.
1: On a, like an emotional level rather than like... F- tech and future stuff at one point we were looking at developing an app which means that for a designer because for me it's all about democratizing fashion and for a designer you want to make the best decisions but specifically when it comes to sustainability like yeah. how do I know where that fabrics come from we were like working and thinking about an app that could actually scan material and then you could like see where it's come from who was harmed you know traceability exactly and that was like 2008 wow. yeah so that was like a real moment that we partnered with London College of Fashion on that That was a real big thing but ahead of its time so that was within Nike so it was like that felt really big
2: yeah. sad it didn't
1: go anywhere but it's like it's what everyone's delivering now those kind of things
2: were you always into fashion obviously you turn up today you're wearing new Martin Rose collection <laughs> yeah. just had to shout that one out um, <laughs> time's
1: tommy yeah but
2: you know like it sounds like you were on your path to becoming an artist and then fashion just jumped in was there an interest at all or was you just like oh shit this pays I'm in, I'm into it
1: well no and definitely doesn't pay like, <laughs> like I think we all need to talk about the fact that fashion is hard it's yeah. like it's fashion is the place where you know so many of my friends like it's like the conveyor belt of emerging slash drowning uh, you know designers in the London fashion arena particularly because of the lack of support yeah. from the BFC no no we're
2: about that as well you know one, yeah. one of our good friends who you've already mentioned Liam Hodges he was like I just can't afford to show uh, Caitlin Price like, yeah yeah.
1: for me it's always been about experience and it's been about problem solving like I'm a, I'm an eternal optimist I'm always glass half full give me a problem i fucking love it. I like actually get a real hard on for problems. And shit goes down, I'm just like, yes, the fucking problem! And everyone's like, you're a sadist. I'm like, I love solving shit. I really enjoy that point. When the numbers aren't working, I can push them around and I love people and I feel like fashion is the culture of our times, is the expression of our times. Yeah. And it's really fun. Like, you know, an art and fashion are, are wholly linked, which is you know, we're looking at Shaq's painting yeah. uh, behind us. I don't think they're that separate. But yeah, I didn't become an artist, but I did have various shows. I showed in some big galleries you know around Go on, the world flex on uh, us yeah so the Jim Kepner in new york who was my gallerist there i showed on viner street in london oh. um various art fairs and you know i had Sick. i had a moment i had a moment <laughs> yeah
0: so when you were getting into fashion where were you shopping and what kind of brands was it
1: at that point it was um richard nickel louise gray giles deacon oh yeah yeah they were like the not that i was shopping i was wearing them because <laughs> i also did the door at loads of clubs like gutter slut <laughs> was the best gutter slut was like such party cock soup everyone was primarily naked at cop soup but i had the most amount of clothes on yeah they were like the artists and designers of that time yeah definitely like louise gray at Absolutely! Like wow, her work's referenced all the time.
2: What were the contemporaries that you were coming up with in that time? Then I'm not talking about the guys who were already established, but the ones who you were like, oh, I see that person every week at the pub, kind of thing.
1: Yeah, Louise Giles and my best friend Anthony Campbell, who now has an amazing brand called Park, with Paul, his partner, his husband. So we were like the bar bitches, basically <laughs> doing the doing all the doors, and it was it was yeah, it was Louise, Louise Giles, Richard Nicholl, Jonathan Saunders, that crew, and then obviously McQueen was a real big deal at that moment yeah so that was that was like the space really and then obviously like Maureen Paley her gallery and Wolfgang Tillman's was such a big deal right then and there was big parties like Wolfgang I remember being um on the door at Wolfgang's and he put me on top of a this stool that was soaking high (laughs) and I was like what do I do and Richard was like okay you're on the big stool so you can wear one of my dresses and I put some really big heels on but he put me in show heels that you can't walk in as in like for a shoot they were like made for a shoot I couldn't walk in so I was perched on the top of a of a stall Life that was God so stand. yeah it was so high perhaps it was that was so high with these heels that I couldn't walk in it was like the most in, like basically you'd find yourself in scenarios the, like that where yeah. art and fashion were like inclined and humility was like the one big thing like I was like you're all absolutely taking the piss out of me but I'm gonna own this I know you're like doing this to fuck me up I'm massive <laughs> but that party the whole of the space was like covered in gold but it was quite phenomenal it looked like Frere Roche apparently it was, warf- it was um, a
2: Warhol reference <laughs> I love it for her, <laughs> yeah. um, do, Okay, so question here then. Do you think that that intersection of art and fashion and also how playful it was then... Do you think that still exists as much now?
1: I feel like fashion now, if you look at like, you know, like Jean-Paul Gaultier and like that kind of era, there was loads more play and London has always been so much famed like Louise's work for instance, Louise Gray, her work was, you know, she'd spend time and she'd find things around her and she'd make work from them. It was almost like the ready-made so there was all these like really bold cultural art references in everyone's work whether they knew it or not or whether it's fundamental to it and I think that exploration of raw materials for their functionality and the, the playfulness doesn't really i mean obviously charles is set so yeah. insane and he's like
0: lover boy as well he's doing the club nights again
1: totally like making music and it feels like that's definitely coming around with the support of tomorrow of saying to him you know let's do that again let's tomorrow's the company yeah, yeah that now are invested in in charles and it's it's taken i think those big companies to say like actually we need that again because definitely it's it's lost from London, really. It, f- it felt a
2: bit stale. Yeah. It started to feel a bit stale. Yeah. I wasn't around for it. I missed
0: it all. <laughs> in Yorkshire, we had nothing. So I feel like, especially from doing this podcast, and like every guest who comes on who's kind of in this this like scene in this time you always chat some as if it was like this magical wondrous time and i'm sat here like <laughs> say, me man yeah
2: <laughs> I'm i'll say conquers
1: in the pub yeah.
2: <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> so what made you leave the safety of the swoosh and go and do <clears throat> your own thing
1: i think that you know we were in a secret space that you weren't allowed to talk about and you're also working for the fundamentals of somebody else's brand ethos and to be frank the sign-off was so long like their sign-off you know i remember one of the designers there broke you know, basketball shorts for women. Like, brought that up, brought that up, brought that up. In the end, like, slammed on the table. Here's H&M, Primark. You know, all basketball shorts for women. The sign-off was too short, and we were in an amazing position where we were creating these wild very wild experiences for them over different regions. And it was exquisite, but I think you always just want to have something which you can write your, your own rule book yeah. and really respond in real time to what's going on in the world.
0: Exactly. Yeah. So it's less predicting and more like, I don't know, you don't want to be reactive to everything. You want to be proactive as well. So yeah, it's... exactly. So obviously with all these crazy outfit show pieces, were there anything you're embarrassed about? Like what has been the worst outfit you've worn or the worst trend you've been part of?
1: Do you know what? I was, th- I was thinking like, what's the worst? I was like, uh, in a boombox moment when I did like a New Year's Eve there and I decided to like make a really, really, really tall like Edwardian wig like a white one <laughs> and me and my friend Louise like we're both six foot, she's six foot one actually so we had these like, were well, you basically naked at boombox like so, um, there's a lot of
2: nudity on this podcast yeah, already okay? Yeah,
1: yeah, that's why I'm here right? <laughs> I, I'm naked now, uh, so <laughs> <sadly>. <laughs>
2: no, this is Danny. The last podcast we just did it was, there were was so many jokes about us being naked people are going to forget this fashion podcast you two need to behave more
1: Okay. <laughs> I'll stop talking about my
2: tips, right? Um,
1: so, and that, and I basically covered myself in like white chalk and powder and it just, I looked so horrific cause I had no features and I just looked like a massive Tampax <laughs> and I was like, is this a look? And then the more fun I had throughout the night, imagine like trying to get around a space and it was, it was the most uncomfortable, even though I was naked, like uncomfortable like, yeah. hat. and that was kind of, and there's loads of pictures of that and I'm just like, oh, why, you know, why didn't I just, you know, just like look cute? Yeah. Instead yeah. of yeah, so you, I hate you,
0: I hate tampons. They're stuck up cunts.
2: <laughs> oh my god.
0: <laughs> oh oh
2: <geez>. Well, moving <laughs> on. That set moving the tone, on. hasn't it? Moving so, on. So communists. Morph into the Institute of Digital Fashion. Exactly. If you give us a quick elevator pitch and to explain to our audience what IODF is, what is it?
1: So I quickly say about um, communist and how communist like transcended into IODF. I met Katy Tay basically. (laughs) Oh what? Yeah, legend. (laughs) And we were on a dazed panel together. Oh wow. Yeah, it was on the future of fashion, and I was like, who the fuck? This is like I don't. We already knew when about each other. When was this then? What kind pre-lockdown? So. So it was th-
0: after the PAQ up as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mad.
1: Yeah. So that was a that was that was a whirlwind. We met on the panel, singing from the same song sheet, like talking in shorthand. People didn't even know really what we were saying. Yeah. They were just like sitting there, and we were going. You were impressing
0: each other around the oh, audience I was just at this like, point. Oh,
1: we just flirting. you We know, basically like <laughs> fucking each other on those. Yeah. Like, oh yeah. You're great. You're great. Like done. We need to get together. Come to my house. We both got dogs. Like the dogs were getting on. Murphy and Marjorie getting on we were getting on and we were like right okay i can be ceo of your company Gal, or a newbie creative director of communiste And then we were like, what are we doing? That sounds like a head fuck. How annoying. Just even putting that together on company's House. Like, how do we like, no, redoing chairs. We're like, right, okay, let's form something. Because IODF is about the future of fashion. It's Yeah, it's an emblem for change. And we both wanted and cared about the same things, which is diversity, inclusion, and sustainability. So it's creating a platform and community that can solve some of fashion's pain points, which are diversity, inclusion, and um, sustainability through AR, VR, Webex etc
2: because I think that you guys have become the sort of go-to I'm sorry like the shorthand when brands are looking for answers to the future of fashion in regards to like web 3.0 yeah but I know it's like you're in your manifesto on the website the first thing you talk about is you know the breaking the sort of heteronormative state of fashion as it yeah, is yeah yeah and I think that sometimes when the headline pieces come out you know mm-hmm. like who you're working with and stuff like that I think people don't focus on that as much as oh these guys know about the future which yeah. I think it's really interesting to, that you the first thing you say is it's about your you know, like giving a space to people that aren't represented as well.
1: Yeah, because it's like the future needs to be diverse. It needs to be inclusive. And we need to like work through these pain points of fashion because they're so bloody obvious. And it is about creating a new system. And yeah, everyone our,
0: knows about them, but no one really does much. Yeah, like. it's
1: insane. Like, you know, everyone's got like a tick box and um, they want to talk about sustainability, but they'll, they'll okay, well, we'll use like one sustainable fabric because it's, it's very difficult to shift a model. And I feel like the fashion industry is the Titanic heading towards an iceberg. It knows it's, there it's no it's on the way but they're still on the top deck playing you like, la, la, la. Yeah. and it's like it's we're in a social political crisis right now and we really want to our brand messaging is let's sell creativity not more clothes Sick. and if the world is in crisis do you need more clothes you know like why are we constantly producing and if you want to satisfy people's need for new and more you can do that through various digital spaces like augmented reality if you want to put a picture on bloody Instagram then why? why not make your fit digital? Yeah.
2: yeah. Who do you think is doing it the best?
0: Us. From Very a sure. brand yeah. perspective. <laughs>
2: yeah, As in, you know, we, we, we could list off the names mm. of the brands you work with, mm. but it'd be easier just to say all of them, as in like every brand. And, yeah. Um, yeah. So, but who, who have you walked in there and gone, oh, these guys are actually already on their way there. They kind of like, they get it. They know what they're doing.
1: Well, really interestingly, the majority of brands that we speak to have got no clue, which is super um, mind-blowing. They have a sustainability officer or director. They've done various papers, but it's shifting the model. And I think that is the most difficult thing is to shift the model because it means you have to remove jobs here and put them in a different place. So what we're doing now is actually building a platform that can be that solution. So delivering it white label for brands. For instance, we did a project with H&M. It's not a brand that we particularly would care to work for, but they came to us, they were like, you know, how do we solve our sustainability issues? So we built strategically a, a 360 deliverable for them, which was, you know, the metaverse. What is the metaverse? Is it decentralized? No, it's not meta. It's yeah. not one place. It's actually constellation of different scenarios where physical and digital can work together. And that's, you know, augmented reality is the metaverse. It's like, yeah. so and all these virtual worlds is uh, almost cities within the metaverse. So we created a, a project which touched various different points that were metaverse focused. And inside the HM app, you can now wear digital fashion, which is something that because we wanted to truly democratize fashion, in which fast fashion brands try to now by producing more at a lower price and not paying the individuals that are creating them, which yeah. isn't a solution. Instead, a way is to create digital assets which everyone can play with, wear, share, shop, and trade backed on a blockchain. And that is the future, really.
0: Well, I remember when we were at the Prada party and we saw you outside and you had the massive wings. I, I can't describe it. I've got the video somewhere as well. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember what I'm on about? Yeah, it's yeah, the, that um... was the
1: Fashion Awards. The Fashion, yes, awards. It was a for the fashion awards yeah. The,
2: yeah. Um... So what was that?
1: So we've got six industry worlds for us and that's one of them. We basically took to the red carpet. We wanted to talk boldly about sustainable fashion and digital fashion. And the quickest way to do that is on the red carpet. So we were there live at the red carpet. We do it every year. So that was the. First year that we did, though. No, last last year. Last year God. Yeah. <laughs> what year are we? So we were there, and we decided to shoot big names on the red carpet in digital fashion. But the piece was created so it fitted any body type. Yeah. So because of the, the tracking, it doesn't matter what size you are, and it also it clicked through, so it could be different colours, could respond to your garment. Uh, so we shot that on lots of different celebrities, and that went viral. The one of Krista mcmenemy I mean, because she's just a fucking icon. Um, <laughs> and it was the first time ever on the red carpet you'd have digital fashion and um, and that was again to bring it into the hands and homes of new audiences that wouldn't have
2: seen it prior so you said that at Communese like you know some people take the piss a little bit you know like oh the future all this stuff Yeah. how hard was it going in and like pitching your business to these brands were they like super on it or were you like no no you need to do this
1: yeah so I think like by the time IODF had come about we, it, was, it was the pandemic so me and Catty launched the company and then boom everyone in the homes, and so obviously so watched like, it
0: before as well. Yeah, it wasn't it was, a reaction to it. It was no, it was
1: before, yeah. So we, you know, company's house set up the set up the business, started on our first project, made lots of glorious assets, and we're like talking about, you know, let's change the system. We're an emblem for change, digital fashion. And then all of a sudden, they're like, wow, we we just need digital catwalks. We need digital, you know, yeah, avatars. We need. So you're rubbing your
0: hands together. Yeah. Dollar signs we in your like, eyes.
1: Oh but also, they everyone just wanted to replicate the catwalk. Yeah. As All they wanted to do, and we're like, no, no, you have to. It's about a business model
0: shift.
1: (laughs) It's not just about adding more. How are we going to
0: show while we're at home? Yeah,
1: and selling more. It's actually about changing because what we don't want to do is sell more. You know, as in like we want to replace some of the physical.
2: Yeah. So you know, we're going to ask you to fire off some stats for us at some point, but you know, like is uh, your website a bit of a a place of resource where people can go and actually sort of see how they can make a positive change in a digital way?
1: Yes, we've got quite an ominous website. It's
2: scary. It's scary. I've seen you at an event and uh, well, actually both you and Katty and it's like, you know, all in black, sunglasses on. It's a scary prospect (laughs) to come and speak to you guys anyway. So I think the it, refle- it, website. Reflects, it reflects well. Yeah, we
1: always we always come dressed as our avatars, that's what we say. On our website, it's is got like our mission statement and, you know, it introduces our board and our manifesto and what we care about. And I think that's the reason it's got all of those statements and it's not like, we've done this project. is because actually all that goes on our Discord. But also, ah. as, yeah, yeah. Yeah. but also as well, I think it is about, we want anyone that's coming to us to believe in the same viewpoints as us. You know, our inbox is insane. We don't work with companies that aren't thinking about business um, innovations, that aren't thinking about sustainability. The
0: campaign and that's it. Like... Yeah.
1: And it's like we don't speak to PR and marketing directors anymore. We speak to C-suite because they're the only people who can activate that change. What's this?
2: CEOs, CMO, CTOs.
0: So has there ever been anyone who's like pushed back massively instead of being like open to it and being like, I oh, could change that, but it's not feasible. Is there anyone that being like, nope, this is stupid. And it's obviously bit them in the ass.
1: Oh my God. I could, I could really list so many people because- <laughs>
0: Maybe without saying names then. Yeah. Unless you want I to say mean, names.
1: Um, I think the most interesting positioning is we're in lockdown. There is big news about the BFC <clears throat> launching Gender Neutral Digital Fashion Week. I'm like, fucking Caroline, call her up. I'm like, this is amazing.
2: It's Caroline Cattie.
1: <laughs> Caroline, Caroline Rush. CEO. Oh, Caroline Rush, of course. Yeah, yeah. The, the other, you, you other follow, big
2: You follow each other on Instagram. Yeah.
1: <laughs> the other big C, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, oh my God, great. Oh, we have all these phenomenal emails and, you know, back and forths. And then you realise... Sorry,
0: really quickly. Why did I think Caroline was Catty? It's Catherine. <laughs> like, where did I get a <laughs> fucking thing from? I love Sorry, it, guys. I love it. That's really dumb. <laughs> Too
1: many of your kambuchas. Exactly, yeah. yeah. Kambucha heavy. Um, <laughs> so we're like, oh my God. God, this is gonna be phenomenal. Like going mad, like yeah, yeah, yeah. And then you realise. That actually, what well, we realise that our vision of the future, we're almost people don't see it the way we do. So that's why we're like, we need to rethink about like the fundamentals of like what we're actually delivering and what it is. Because what launched was a, was a website, <laughs> and we were like, Where, where's the di- Where's the digital fashion week? Like, what is it? Like, so, I'm sorry, you've just done no categories, and it's a website, and you've asked all the designers on top of the extra pressure of of have not knowing if they're you know Brexit, so not knowing. Yeah how much to cost up anything because the import and output isn't even solved because we've got that absolute moron as our prime minister. (laughs) You've got no... Suez
0: Canal as well was at the time as well, I'm pretty sure.
1: Yeah, exactly. That was going on. It was like, oh my God, can't get fabric. Don't know how to sell the product. Don't know where to sell it. Don't even know what our, uh, you know where we sit, what is fashion, what's the importance of fashion, yeah. does anyone care about fashion right now, apart from joggies being at home, um, <laughs> and now you're getting us to make a video as well, a campaign video to go on your terrible website, <laughs> we were like, that is not digital fashion week, Yeah. so we were like, okay, you know what we're going to do, machine A, Stavros, Tomorrow Group, love, sit. right, no one could go in your bloody shop, no one can see the amazing garments, no one can shop, they can online, but... It, it's ephemeral, right? Your machine A is an experience. That yes. All the brands are loaded in that way. Yep. So we were like, okay, let's take over every single campaign slot, as in fly poster and billboard, in the whole of London, and let's plaster big questions about semantics of fashion. Who cares about fashion? Do you care about fashion? What is it? And we worked with a Cold War, Martin Rose, Delada, Pierre Gotterson, built a virtual version of the store, and basically asked them to... Tell us what their response is. What is the future of fashion? And then inside the store that was tappable and you could have first-hand responses, you know, from all of these amazing designers, what their po- what their viewpoints on fashion were in this big time uh. of like questioning and discourse, like what is going on? So we basically made something which got CNN, Vogue business, every Vogue in the bloody, like everyone wrote about this amazing moment where we made this shoppable augmented reality space during fashion week, not associated with, but at the <laughs> same time when a website went live. <laughs> <laughs> We were like, okay, I think we know the future. It was just like,
2: yeah. Why so didn't, have you worked with BFC since then?
1: Oh, all, all the time.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh okay, no, we should have done that one. Yeah, yeah
1: no. But um, no, we were. It's into I think we're just we're at different um, paces. Yeah.
2: You, you mentioned like a lot of um, brands, like well, British brands there as well. Who's exciting you now? Like you know, we know you have got your digital wardrobe, but your physical wardrobe. Like, what brands are you buying from I mean, or, I, or borrowing from?
1: Yeah, I love Martine so much. It's the one that. You know, she's so tight in her detail and the casting is so amazing. Yeah. It's like you feel it, you know, and I think that it's so... Like, it's so unusual the way that she, like, styles and dresses and makes the clothes. It looks effortless. Yeah. I think that's such a difficult thing to do. It looks effortless and anyone can wear it.
0: And it feels like you're so in her world as well. Yeah. Like, it doesn't just feel like, oh, this is cool. Yeah. It feels like it's a built-out universe. Yeah,
1: she's a world builder. And I love that. I think and the fact that her models are so, again, they look like people in the pub. Yeah. And it just feels so real. And I love the avant-garde. And I have got so many mental clothes that are like, <laughs> you know, they're insane. Like um, Roxander, I always wear Roxander. I love her. She's a sculptor. She like, what she does with the form is just miraculous. I don't know how she cuts the way she does, like kind of fits everyone. And I always feel like the most exquisite version of myself wearing Roxander. And I know they're two <coughs> like very, very different brands, but I think that Yo-Yo-In is like me to a T. Yeah. Obviously Rick Owens as well. Like yeah. I've got loads of brick and Raph Simmons, and I mean I've got quite a good bloody wardrobe. <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, speaking of wardrobe, then, are you quite like a hoarder, or is it very much like one in one out? Like, do you kind of keep pieces? I keep it, it all. Do you Yeah. How it's big a, is your wardrobe then? It's
1: insane. It's a walk-in one. Yeah. Sick. Yeah. There's quite a few of them as well.
2: Well, I guess. I know it's really quite a few walk-in wardrobes. You've well, you got like a no, six-bedroom house.
1: <laughs> you... I've got a big walk-in wardrobe, and then I've got. You walk into my house, and there's like a whole like corridor, which is like closed doors, and that. That's where all my coats and dresses yeah. are. Yeah, because I've got also got loads of Christopher Shannon and Christopher Shannon. Yeah. Like, oh my god, I've got all I look, of.
2: Apparently, I look I like look like <laughs> Holland,
1: right? you, you, you do look like Christopher. Yeah,
2: Christopher Shannon thinks I look like Christopher Shannon. Yeah. so it's fine. But I've yeah. got
1: all of the and Caitlin Price. Like, I've got so many of her uh, dresses that I wear again and again and again because they're so slutty. I mean, you can almost, you can see my vagina in most of them. It's like a treat, but they're so slutty that they're almost unwearable but that's why I love them yeah yeah, with lots of threads and stuff off them
0: William in your built-in wardrobe house <laughs>
1: yeah basically it's a wardrobe yeah,
0: that, that, that mattress in the middle of your wardrobe basically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly no lie you've, uh, you've got a computer bitcoin mining yeah exactly <laughs> and it, it sets on fire from an overload um, <laughs> yeah. your house is burning down you can save one item of clothing what would it be and why
1: oh yeah so it would be uh, my mum's biker jacket it's got all of her all the clubs that she, she was Sick. yeah all of those lovely little um, embroideries and emblems all over it and it's like a, a history of my mum's like space in the like motorbike world
0: brilliant yeah it's no pretty iconic
1: hell. still smells a bit of her as well it's, it's quite right. nice yeah you
0: know this <laughs> is kind of like, <laughs>
1: what <laughs> you like what did your mum smell like that wasn't like a nice thing. You're like is that a nice thing I don't know yeah
2: mm.
0: sweaty leathers <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah exactly oh my god you're chirping on my mum she's dead by the way
0: <laughs> No, I feel awful <laughs> Funks <laughs> it. Well I wanted to ask like this, but then you gave me such a good segue with the clothes. But I also wanted to ask this, I found this really interesting while digging in. Yeah. You are speaking at a government level for UK trade on the metaverse and Web3's economic potential. Yeah. What does that entail? How did you get asked? What like
1: Yeah, so I'm um, obviously quite opinionated and um uh, and various um talks speaking about like the state of the like the UK, particularly when it comes to all of the messaging about blockchain or well, cane in the blockchain basically. No cryptocurrencies, fintech, a big no against it. And yeah. um I was on a panel and this amazing guy called Tom Grogan, we were on it together and is we Is he
0: working like in fashion or is he just
1: He's a lawyer. Oh right. So Lee works in legal for blockchain and web three. Yeah. And after Afterwards, he was like Oh my god the, Like we need to chat And at the very same time There was a, a lady Who basically heads up European trade And she said We need The reason why I'm here Is because we don't know Scouting We don't know about Web3 Like oh. can, you, can you help us Like yeah. we've we've been to Various talks Seminars Exposes
0: Was she on the panel Did you say or No she, she, was she was in, in the, the audience. audience Yeah Right makes sense So she had
1: been She's travelling Like literally Trying to find out Dig into What the future Of the industry is What it means and some test cases to introduce the potential for the UK. So right now we have to have a sister company that isn't in the UK because we're not allowed to deal or have any um, cryptocurrencies within our business plan. So yeah, yeah. so hi, Cayman Islands, you know, which which, um, it makes you look primarily fucking dodgy yeah, when yeah. we're not and we're just trying to run a business kind of cool though yeah kind
0: of cool no? No, no. great, old, great yeah. always wearing sunglasses <laughs> yeah, yeah. In all my, with a funny house
1: <laughs> yeah yeah. Exactly. oh there she is um, but yeah
2: <laughs> Met- there's the metaverse mummy <laughs> she metaverse is. mistress oh
1: my god oh uh, yeah so that's how it came about so what we're working on is a dossier which shows the potential of companies that deal in digital assets blockchain of having their companies based here which currently you're not allowed or there's a very very long list which means whilst you're on this list your application when it goes as soon as it goes in you're actually on a a red hot list for investigations so it means that you're effectively
0: super scrutinized so it's yeah
1: possibly money laundering you're on a red alert list so if any clients want to work with us obviously they do their due diligence and if a red alert comes up (laughs) yeah it doesn't look great no it's so bizarre and backwards. So we're trying to alleviate that so more companies can be home here and earn more money for the UK.
2: So I suppose, like, if you're working in the government, yeah, and, you know, you do fashion as well, are you to blame for Rishi Sunak's Palm Angel slides? <laughs> 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 oh, my God. I'll tell yes. <laughs> um. Yeah, yeah.
1: the non yeah, yeah. Ride or you. die, ride or die, yeah.
0: So what is next for Institute Digital Fashion, then? Fuck, I almost got there. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Still, I
0: uh-uh. thought I got away with that.
1: <laughs> uh so at iodf yeah. yeah okay we'll do that um, Less than that. yeah we are in the middle of a fundraise which is super exciting
0: so car washes backpacking <laughs> yeah yeah
1: exactly <laughs> we're um, so we're actually um in an angel raise we um went down the vc route and the equity pullback was really intense yeah we basically got lots of amazing advice and now are working with angel investors which is which has been absolutely wonderful so yeah we're in the middle of that so doing lots of like intense numbers and business models models and you know things like that which is really really fun but also you know it's 12 o'clock at night my head's spinning i'm like oh numbers (laughs) so you have to be
0: like the lead like will this expand as well so it's kind of like bringing on more people like yourself and katie yeah when you see fit and then
1: yeah exactly so at the minute we're going through jobs effectively like how many um, places we have to fill we're building the company so it's modular so we want to partner with lots of different companies um but also as well we want to have a core team so it's at 42 at the moment which is like quite wow. insane so there's a big expansion yeah and hiring more peoples which is r- really lovely sick
2: yeah so what project are you most proud of that you've done so far
1: i think we got our industry first so there's like six of them the machine a was one of them the roxander project was really good as an educational piece so what we did is we took uh the garment which was a closing garment for a london fashion week show which was at the tate britain phenomenal we took that we re-sculpted it in AR and minted it as an NFT but we sold it on her brand website yeah. so you didn't have to have a wallet you didn't have to go for all the rigmarole and we sold it in pounds so it made something which is very mysterious complicated pain in the ass. like how do you get how do you mint an NFT how do I own them what's the point of it it made it as simple as buying you know a handbag or a dress yeah so it that was a big educational piece and that got insane amount of press um, and also for Roxander, the brand you know the the searches went up 75 percent on for what the brand you know. yeah and that was also working with Clearpay. so not only was it exquisite to be like front row at the tate and then see <laughs> our <laughs> augmented like garment come down the the you know the in the middle of the museum it was it was quite an emotional moment but also yeah. getting to deliver for Oxander something that she can't do in the physical world so making something she is an architect she trained as an architect and she does that with with sculpts with fashion in that way so she, she was like i want it to be bigger leanne i can't make it big How can because they just flop but I wanted a really thin material that's silky and it's fine it wafts with the wind but be, to be bigger yeah and also for the colours to change <laughs> and I was like okay so we made the, the NFT and the colours changed and rotated and the garment was bigger than she could ev- ever possibly build with the physics of our world yeah so yeah so that was fun on all levels oh my yeah. god
2: do you get like brands who don't really understand it so they'll come, they'll come to you and go oh you, you guys are the future guys yeah, yeah. Can, you do, can you do some TikToks for us please (laughs) (laughs)
1: do you know what we've got four tiktok briefs in yeah Yeah. yeah. actually and interestingly yes all the time those like because we you know we we mean this so we've become talent in that space because we care about these things so another one of our first was the um non-binary asset before what if you wanted to create an avatar the software that that you use was very like binary so like you know like having fonts but non serif they yeah. were all like you're like ugh so they were they were very gendered so we made a catty tay with Daz 3D that's the software which is non-binary which has sliding uh, genitalia so male <laughs> to female the, sh- the shoulder chain, and that was the first time ever it's a digital double of catty so that was like a big moment so we care about all these things we're, we're not just we don't just care about them right as manifesto we, we put like half our projects are philanthropic like working with Daz we wanted to change the system like how can we make the software better and more inclusive let's work with you to like scanning catty oh they also scanned me as well as pregnant so there's me and catty basically scissoring (laughs) in vogue italia like naked (laughs) and then we also recreated all these amazing art history references like looking in the mirror seeing your own the back of your head etc or and lots of really like tense marina abramovich with the with the arrow shooting the face like these performance um, artist pieces so we care about things so they come to us and they're like yeah can you be in
0: can you can, do one of those yeah can you do
1: like a Squarespace we're working with Squarespace and we're building a, <laughs> we're working with this amazing t- TikToker yeah so it is so they're like going okay TikTok is where everyone is like everyone the energy's around it you're doing something which is about diversity inclusion in the and bl- in the future and it is on the call sheet we are the future people <laughs> or the avatars the two in black you know and it's like they're just piling us together, but it's great to have the opportunity yeah. that we are flying the flags for that Sick. and just get to talk about it more and more
0: and more. Exactly. Yeah. yeah.
2: So, for brands and designers, who are the ones to look out for, would you say? What brands do you think that are embracing Web 3.0? Who are going to do interesting, whether young or existing oh, brands? Yeah but even just clothing in general like who do you think is doing and cool yeah, shit yeah. Who, who you're like are you like oh I want to see what Max is doing uh, Farragamo like is everyone that you're like yeah this is the guy this is the one that I want to see
1: well I would say in all honesty anything coming out of fashion east yeah is it like Lulu's eye is phenomenal and then the other place is the Swedish fashion council alright oh, so and interestingly they've recently just done a partnership with, on the show and all of those talents are innovative have a point of view and think about the world in a really nuanced way that is different and quite like sometimes quite abject and quite you know ridiculous or you never really know what's going to happen every season so as far as like what designer I think that for me it's about the vision of those two institutions yeah. because I mean Lou wouldn't call herself an institution but she bloody is <laughs> you
2: know I think so, we need to get her on here actually because yeah. she's been mentioned so much by obviously the designers yeah. we've had on and like the people who yeah. worked the ancillary to it like yeah oh
1: definitely I'll just yeah I'll CC you in she'd love it oh amazing. perfect yeah she's super fun as well she's, she'll talk about tits probably a little bit more than me
0: perfect but, but, yeah <laughs> chat to a pair of them right now um, <laughs> so I guess the hardest question of this podcast would be or oh, the easiest because she might have already done it
1: oh what is it that it's very true. Oh, what is it? Go on,
0: Josh. Go on, you can always wear this better than I. No, no, I think I think you can
2: go back to the old school version with this.
0: The old Oh my god. So we used to say this question. And the way we used to describe it was, we're in the metaverse. It's great because you don't have to explain the fucking metaverse. Yeah. Your avatar can wear one outfit for the rest of its life. Your life, whatever. I don't know yeah. what you'd call it. Digital life. It. Forever. Dig- yeah, Digital yeah. Life. What would you dress your avatar in and why?
1: I would obviously dress it in the IODF collection that's launching next month.
0: Ooh, <laughs> how does it look?
1: I can't tell you that. But, um, stunning. It, it, yeah, stunning yeah, is, your is answer. Stunning. <laughs> stunning. Yeah, it's stunning. And it services all the things that we were talking about. As in, your need for newness, you know, does the world need more clothes?
2: And what day does that drop? So it's naked.
1: <laughs> oh, I, I have to, I might, perhaps I just have to like...
2: We'll, we'll be. Yeah. We'll, we'll. shout it out on social media, get one over there when, they, when it yeah, happens. Yeah, yeah,
1: when it happens, yeah.
2: Okay, okay. so we, we wanted to ask you a couple of questions. We've got a yeah. couple of questions from our audience as well. Oh, yeah. Because as you said, you are a government official who is running, <laughs> you know, a very busy business and you're taking the time out of your day to come and hang out of us too idiots um, <laughs> so we've got a few questions before we let you go mm. so we've got some audience ones and we've got some ones we ask every guest Yeah. so this is your favourites no mm. picking digital versions we want IRL oh. <laughs> ones okay mm-hmm. so your favourite place to get a drink
1: my bar at home because I have a bar.
2: Is that a lockdown uh, build? <laughs> yeah, of course.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Other than that, like, favorite place to go for a drink, where would it be?
1: Bistro Tech.
0: Ah, stunning.
2: Just because
1: it's I love David and Pablo, and I've been going there for years, and I always accidentally end up there. <laughs> it, it was my
2: Sunday hungover spot, like, because it's yeah. so light, there's so much white whiteness, so, yeah. and the piano's playing. So Great. good,
1: yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Uh, heckles.
2: Yeah. Sick. Favorite place. favorite place for lunch.
1: So, I really love the standard.
0: Nice, yeah. Yeah,
1: I just think like all oh. of the different restaurants there are so good and the view is amazing. The toilets are absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I love talking about toilets, but you know, it's like, and I haven't, we've done loads of, we, I actually had my birthday party there and the team are phenomenal. So I'm talking about the one in London, obviously. Yeah. The food is f- so good. And I always bump into, again, bump into really good people. Like, A-Side was there last time. Yeah. I was like, oh, hi, Vase, how are you? Just flew in <laughs> to have like, they do this charcoal leak. All it's, right. like, it's like ch- charcoal and just like burnt to I mean it's phenomenal and it, I don't normally have bread but I have the bread there mm. I really actually love the standard See,
2: okay Decimo I really like which is mm. the, the top floor restaurant yeah, great yeah. views in the toilet you're out yeah. right in wing looking at yeah. the sea. amazing <laughs> but every time I eat downstairs I have the huge issues with service like I, my food comes out like 45 minutes late cold and I'm just like Cool, they're, too bu-
1: they're too busy, too popular. That's it. They know me and you are there.
2: Well, no, the <laughs> problem is they know you're there. They don't care about me. Oh, we are going to get, we're gonna get Leanna it it fucking leak.
1: You know what it is? Because you look like Christopher Shannon is a moody bastard. <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> ah, I did just someone, get a scout's when I'm getting served as well.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> Favourite date spot? Doesn't have to be a restaurant. It could be somewhere. Where do you like being taken for a date?
1: Well, I like to... I was about to say do it in the woods. <laughs> I've given too much work. But I really like to be out in nature yeah. So, like, that's, you know, I like going on long walks, so, like, marshes, and, like, going off the, you know, off the path the a little path. bit. But sometimes you do see, like, you know, if there's been a party at the weekend, you accidentally walk in, like, human poo. I've had that a couple of times.
0: <laughs> I think it's like fucking canisters. Oh, like, like, yeah, like yeah, Nosca. and that.
1: And I'm just like, wow, that's a big dog. Oh, no. <laughs> no. that's a human. So I've stopped going off the beaten track a bit now. Yeah. But, Yeah.
0: Favorite multi-brand retail store.
1: Machine A, obviously, yeah.
0: a yeah. single brand retail store.
1: I love Roxander because she does art collaborations all the time. No one speaks about it enough. And in store, like, she does a whole refit inspired by working with a particular or specific artist and then showcase also emerging artists in there. it? Like, she had Branny Cooper's uh, boobs in there. They're <laughs> interlocking boobs. They're phenomenal. Um And, you know, she's, she's an artist that,
0: Titty
1: Twister. <laughs> Titty Twister, yeah. But she's an artist. I was like, Roxanna, how did you stumble across her work? But she just, like, finds... She's she's really um, inquisitive, yeah. She Sweet. picks up the stones to find, you know, what's around there.
0: Favourite vintage store? Depop. Yeah? yeah. That's the answered, easy enough. Yeah, yeah. Favourite album?
1: Um, Shy Girl Nymph. Love it.
0: Who's that? Shy Girl. Oh, what? Oh, new one then? Like. Yeah. Ah, Very yeah.
2: Very good. Uh, <laughs> I didn't go to the launch of it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <yeah. laughs> I'm
1: like, like, sure, sure, yeah. sure I saw you uh, together. <laughs>
0: it's quite battered. Favorite song?
1: So, it's about my mum, but Sweet Child of Mine by um, Guns N' Roses. Roses. Because she, that was her ringtone for me on her phone whenever I called. No. And, oh. and also, it always plays at the most insane times. Like, I literally just... I'm, yeah, super spooky. I'm like, thinking about mum, but like... And then it's like, sweet <laughs> <laughs> and I was like oh my god yeah so that that's my like favourite emotional one
0: favourite Instagram page so I'm going
1: to do a plug institute underscore digital underscore fashion
0: nice <laughs> may as well Favorite book
1: Oh, so I've got two because I love books. I used to have a a book um, club with communists, actually. Cute. Um, So it is Humankind by Rutger uh, Bergman. It is phenomenal. You should all read it. And it basically pulls apart all the um, age old psychoanalytic kind of bullshit about humans... uh, direct way of like in the in the time of panic or hysteria to go towards the negative. Like Lord of the Flies is a fictitional book, but it's always used as like that's what it would be like when yeah. boys are together on an island. And <laughs> um, so it, it deflunks all of that and actually talks about the purity of character of humanity and us um, collectively like in times of war actually we clubbed together yeah.
2: um,
1: etc like world war world war two like um well throughout world war one and two in the uk the sense of solidarity and um, kinship was was fourfold and the broken window syndrome and all those kind of things it's a really 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 interesting book that's deep but also makes you feel phenomenal. No nice. it's like oh I knew it oh, <laughs> and then also Timothy Morton High Projects. Timothy Morton is the most amazing um an anthrop- anthropologist, yeah. so I struggle with that.
2: Favorite movie.
1: The Grand Beleza? The Great Beauty. Oh, so good.
2: I have no idea. Jordan's face lit up as well. You'll
1: love it. The music, all of it.
2: I went to a restaurant in Rome that they go to in that because I love, yeah, amazing. Oh, it's so it good. The best. It was literally this knocky came out, as eight pieces. And I was like, oh, and I finished it. And it was like the perfect serving where like I was still wanted more. Like one more would have sent me over the edge. But it was like, I was also full. It's like the best. And it's so grand and oh, it's amazing. It's so
1: good because it's about like the outrageousness of, again, of, of people and fame and ego, but also about the sensitivity of ageing. Right. really fun as well. It's like, yeah.
0: Uh, favorite TV series?
1: White Lotus, obviously. No no, I've not seen it yet. Series, oh my God, it. it's so good. It's so good. That's
0: so good. I've seen
1: so good, good, so good, so good.
0: Favourite art gallery?
1: Maureen Paley, love it.
0: Amazing. And finally,
2: favourite brand of all time?
1: I'm just going to say Martin. Martin right? Yeah, yeah yeah, 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 yeah.
2: So we've got to let you go, but we've got a couple of questions we want to ask from the audience as, we, as we're sort of all departing here. The first one is, the app from Clueless that Cher uses, when, when can that be available?
1: <laughs> <laughs> That's what we're building. Stunning. Yeah. <laughs> That's it.
2: Why are we sunglasses?
1: Because I work so long hours. I wake up at... You know, I'm working at five and I finish at like 1am. I also have a child that that doesn't (laughs) sleep. So I wear glasses because I have eye bags.
0: Have you got them with you now?
1: Yeah.
2: So when we have this photo, it's probably
1: going to be on. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to put
0: them on, I'm going to put them on.
2: Best non-fashion brand embracing (laughs) Web 3.0.
1: Baredo, the scent. Oh, oh
2: nice. yeah.
0: best fashion show
2: you've seen.
1: New Power Studio, which was um, Ebru Erkon's brand. She was also uh, a creative designer at Nike. It was a white space with white walls, and the windows were pa- were paper pasted white as well, with small mice running around them. Everyone was drinking white Russians out of out of <laughs> out of um, cardboard cups, and then all of a sudden, every now and again, the music stopped and the the spotlight shone and the spotlights were on people wearing tracksuits that were embellished with solid gold around the the zippers and fasteners yeah and then they would carry on it would go dark and you wouldn't know where they went and and this was 2006
0: wow yeah Oh
1: besides that charles jeffrey oh my god there's a couple of his shows where i've just been like i want to get on that just like lick and dance and <laughs> to be with everyone
2: who would yeah. play you and Katy in a movie I was going to say Beavers and Butthead but
1: I just kind of like um, who would play us um,
0: I'm taking Beavers and Butthead oh my god you're yeah. taking Beavers like and that. Butthead Danny's it's just, got our last question it's funny. Here. it's
1: funny isn't it
0: and then finally who would win in a fight Baby Maya or Lil Michaela? Oh my God, I
1: love it. Let's, uh, let's say Leo McKayley because I feel like she's got some dirty tricks up her sleeve, right? <laughs> right? We don't know.
0: Perfect. Right, we are going to have to let you go. You have a train to catch in 17 minutes. I know. It right has there. been a pleasure and an honour chatting to you, Leon. It's been oh fantastic. Oh my God,
1: I absolutely loved it. Booking my Uber. Oh, you got one! Yeah. Oh, thank you. Um, no, we uh, want
2: to say thank you so much. We know you're so busy, and like, yeah, we could have spoke for hours yeah, on any part brilliant. Ah. of this. <laughs> so we're gonna let you go. I'm gonna take a photo of you guys together. Oh yeah. Sweet. And uh, then, yeah, we're still so, rolling somehow. Um, bye, everyone. <laughs>